This time of COVID has reminded us how important it is to care for each other, especially for the elderly and for the most vulnerable. It has also forced us to understand that it's not always what I want because sometimes limiting certain individual liberties may be necessary for the common good. So isn't it ironic that at the same time that we're hearing those messages, the Canadian government is pushing through a legislation that would expand what they call our medical assistance in dying law, basically euthanasia and assisted suicide. If the law is passed, it would remove most of the safeguards that are currently in place and make Canada the most permissive euthanasia provider in the world. So, do we care for each other or do we hasten each other's death? Do we cling to our own autonomy and choice or do we give some of that up for the common good? I'd like to ask you to please keep Canada in your prayers. Keep our government in your prayers. Most importantly, keep families and the elderly, the sick, those with terminal illnesses, those with chronic conditions, keep them in your prayers, that they will never come to think that they have no better choice than to hasten their own death. Let's educate ourselves and advocate for those who have no voice. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello and welcome to an all-new Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. I am Billy Chan. And, and as hello. always, Billy, yes, hello. We're, we're happy to welcome everybody, those of you joining us on the Catholic Channel, um, sitting yes. back, relaxing, driving, wherever you're going. Um, I hope that what we do, Billy, brings people lots of smiles. Yes, yes, yes of course. You know, people like to listen to me especially me, right? <laughs> I, I, I have heard, I have heard that people actually last week, somebody wrote and said um, that, that Billy Chan is very funny. So, Oh, really? Um, Thank you very much. Yes. Very yeah. funny. So Billy brings smiles to people's faces, even though it's radio and we cannot see you smiling. We can feel you smiling. Yeah. You um, just need to go to my Facebook and you can see it. <laughs> there you go. Follow <laughs> Billy Chan on Facebook. Um, Billy today, Mark, Mark Matthews from, from Hollywood is going to be joining us again. He actually has something good to tell us there's something good that's happening in Hollywood. Um, <laughs> Actually. So, so, <laughs> yes. No, he always has interesting things to say, but this one really is something good that's happening in Hollywood. And, and it's a follow-up from some, a segment that he did, I think, four years ago. So I think people will want to know that what he asked us to do four years ago is actually bearing fruit. Wow, today. that's Olympic. Yeah, it, it is very good. So that's, <laughs> so that's Mark Matthews, our Hollywood undercover missionary. He's coming back uh, in about 10 minutes. Um, and then, Billy, you want to keep talking about... People. About I'm, people. I, people. Okay. okay. Yeah? I, I, I want to talk about people. I love people. I like to, you know, interact with people and you can feel it here yes. as well. So, you know, uh, we, we have talked about deacons. We talk about a little bit of nuns. I still want to know more about what are they doing? So this, the question will be about sisters. About nuns. sisters. And can I just say that I'm a little hurt because we did not hear from any sisters that are listening to the show. So if there are any <laughs> sisters, any religious sisters that are listening to the show, you need to write to us. Um, you can yes. follow me, you know, B. Joe Chan that, on Twitter. Uh, I'm on Instagram, Deacon Pedro, also Twitter, Facebook. You can email me, pedro at saltandlighttv.org. Um, 
And, yes, it's uh, not fair for two men to commenting a woman. I mean, exactly, you know, this- <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, um, maybe next time, Sister Marie Paul Curley is on the show. We should just <laughs> ask her to talk about being a sister and not talk about movies. Anyway, so Billy, we're going to talk about nuns in about fifteen minutes. That's Church for Dummies, and then I know I know Billy that you've you you've been involved in youth ministry for many many years. Yeah. So you know what it's like to work in a parish. Oh yeah, and, and struggle. <laughs> okay, but but you know what it's like to struggle to connect with, and and engage with your parishioners. Um, you know, just youth ministry is just one thing, and and maybe you're struggling to even connect with young people. But there might be lots of young people that come to mass, but they yes. don't come to youth groups. So how do you connect with them? And I know that this is a struggle that a lot of people in parish ministry have. So how, how, some parishes are doing it really, really well. How do they do it? Um, how do you yeah. how do you have a parish where people um, do more than just come come to mass twice a month? Um, this is very tough, especially nowadays in the pandemic. Uh, yes, yes, yes. And I period, think you're going right? to be you're going to be excited about this interview because um, I'm going to be talking to a man. His name is Jason Jensen mm-hmm. uh, from Vancouver. He is the CEO of an organization called Glass Canvas. It's a company. Oh. That that specializes in marketing and web strategies, and uh, they've developed uh, a platform. And I know you know what a word the word platform means, <laughs> Billy. Um, it's called the Tilma platform, and he's going to explain why it's called Tilma. Um, but it's all about helping parishes and dioceses, not just parishes, wow. stay on a mission. And it's more than just web design. It's a um, private company. It's a private uh, company. Um, wow, yes, and helping Catholic. church. That's great. Yeah, and helping the church. Yes. So we're going to be speaking with Jason Jensen of Glass Canvas about the Tilma platform uh, uh-huh. in our second half hour. That's in about 25 minutes. And then I know, Billy, do you remember Father Stan Fortuna, the, the Franciscan friar that, yeah, maybe you're too young. You know, if, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm um, in a different culture, right? Maybe I... It's all because of that. I do not know, right? That's true. Now, I was probably uh, working with Father Stan 20 years ago. So, yeah, you're you're already in another country, in another culture, and you're too young, Billy. Um, Yeah, thank you. So, the the Franciscan (laughs) Friars, there's a a branch of the Franciscans, the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal, um, based in New York. I I think they have friaries in other places, but but most of them are in New York and the Bronx. Mm -hmm. And and, uh, one of them, uh, was Father Stan Fortuna, and he does music. Now, um, you may have heard of Brother Isaiah. I don't know if you've heard yeah. of Brother Isaiah. Mm-hmm. So Brother Isaiah is another friar uh, with the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal. And he's going to be joining us today in the show. I'm very excited because uh, he's been doing music for a long time. And it's, it's, uh, it's kind of is embarrassing. He um, he's going to sing. He sings oh, and he wow. plays. Um, music <laughs> so yeah and we're going to start with a song so uh we're going to be speaking with brother isaiah at the end of the show okay um, i don't great. know maybe some of our listeners have heard of the catholic underground in new york there's a monthly event in new york city where that's called the catholic underground and that's run by the franciscan friars and so if you're wow. in new york city uh, when it when it happens you should try to go um uh, i think that most people are going to really like his music um and his story um, so if you're if if you're going to be around in uh, forty minutes or so, you you'll be listening to Brother Isaiah. If you're not going to be around at the end of the show, just head over to saltandlighttv.org/podcast, and that's where you'll be able to listen to the full show. Um, Every course, show, you, 
if Every you're not show. podcasting. Yeah, all the shows. How many, Billy? <laughs> 450 shows are there. I, I cannot even count. I need that I know, program to count it for me. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, just to get us in the mood, um, Billy, we're going to start yeah. with a song. Great. So here is Brother Isaiah with his song, Struggler, from his album, Poco a Poco. Telling me that you're struggling I just don't know if that's such a bad thing No, 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 but you keep telling me that you're struggling I just don't know if that's such a bad thing No, 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 but you say, Lord I'm like a flickering wick, I'm like a broken reed I'm like a ship storm tossed and rocked upon the sea I'm like a mountain torn in two by an earthquake I look inside and all I see is just this heartache So my soul keeps crying from the crucible Fighting through this night like Jacob did at Peniel I'm struggling, oh God, can't you see that I'm struggling? You keep telling me that you're struggling I just don't know if that's such a bad thing No, 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 but you keep telling me that You're struggling I just don't know if that's such a bad thing No, 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 you see child Every good thing is born of a struggle Singing every good thing is born of a struggle Every truly good thing is born of a struggle My child Every good thing is born of a struggle Singing every good thing is born of a struggle Every truly good thing is born of a struggle My child, my child And I wouldn't leave you in this heartache If it was all for nothing Wouldn't leave you in this struggle If I didn't see something being born in you So beautiful and so true Like a statue of David chiseled away And never fading There's a new child rising New life shining in your face In your pain, in your everything If you only knew, child What I see in you, child I think you'd want it too But I'm proud of you, child As you struggle through Yes, I'm proud of you, child As you struggle through Yeah! Remember Every good thing is born of a struggle Singing every good thing is born of a struggle Every truly good thing is born of a struggle My child, my child Every good thing is born of a struggle Singing every good thing is born of a struggle Every truly good thing is born of a struggle My child, my child I keep on struggling I just don't know now that's such a bad thing No, no, no Well, I guess I'll keep on struggling Cause I just don't know now that's such a bad thing No, no, no No, no, no
Cause I'm a struggle lot, but I'm not gonna give up now. You give me heart when I feel like giving up. Yes, I'm a struggle lot. Whoa, yes, I'm a struggle lot. Whoa, yes, I'm a struggle lot. But I'm not gonna give up now. You give me heart when I feel like giving up. Yes, I'm a struggle lot. Yeah, well, I'm a struggle lot. Well, I guess I'll keep on struggling. Cause I just don't know now if that's such a bad thing. Nah, nah, nah. Well, I guess I'll keep on struggling. That was Brother Isaiah with his song Struggler from his album Poco a Poco. And we're going to be speaking with Brother Isaiah in about 40 minutes. So I hope that you can stay tuned for that. If you want to contact us, email me, pedro at saltandlighttv.org, or you can find me, Deacon Pedro, on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Now it's time for What's Good in Hollywood with our Hollywood undercover missionary, Mark Matthews. Mark. Hello, Pedro. Mark joining us. The Hollywood undercover missionary that's now undercover in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. (laughs) True. I've, I've fled the country and I, I'm back in my, my native homeland. So hey, I that's, was rebaptized with an epic storm as well, too. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Uh, 50 centimeters of snow in Saskatoon recently. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. So that's great. So brought, it's good. Back sweet memories. Yes. And it's good that you can you can work from anywhere. So but I hope that you will return to Hollywood so you can keep uh, bringing us the good news, the good Hollywood I news. I will. Yeah, this is just a little, yeah, work from home, you know, foray until COVID clears up, so. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, you have some good news. Actually, actually yeah. something good that's happening in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, something very good. Um, I, when, I, when I got this news, I was so excited. So you might remember uh, a few years ago, I had a segment where I was asking people to pray for Charlie Sheen. Yes, and I do remember. I, admittedly, this is one of my, that was one of my weirder topics, and I, but I kind of compared his story to St. Augustine. Yep. And so I was just reading, um, it, it was a, an article from last year in USA Today, talking about Charlie Sheen. And they said, he's been, oh, he's been sober for over a year now, and he's been in therapy. So that would, would have been, he would have been sober by then, 2018. Yeah. And his quote, his words were, he said, I'm not sure how he created such chaos and wound up in that headspace. It's as though there was some alien or demonic possession going on. Wow. And it's just like, I'm like, wow. I'm like, well, yeah, you know, if you watch Charlie Sheen, it's like, well, heck yeah, he seemed like he was possessed. And it, but it's just kind of like, yeah, there's a real spiritual reality. And huh. I, just, I just thought, I'm like, that's kind of beautiful. It was at least for me a sign of saying, hey, yes, praying for these people, for these maybe crazy celebrities, like works. You know, like, we don't know if it really was a demonic possession or whatnot, but, mm-hmm. but just the fact that, pray, that there was a, he felt as though there was a spiritual element to it, and hey, we prayed for him. And so, you know, and even his father, uh, Martin Sheen, is a well-known Catholic, and he mm-hmm. was always saying, too, pray for my boy, you know, in <laughs> all the interviews. So, so just that little bit of news just really had me, you know, encouraged. So, and, you know, he went on to say, you know, he's, he said he's promoting sanity now, you know, instead of, you know, his yeah. winning thing all the time. So. Yeah, no, that's good. I'm, I'm sure it's all our Salt and Light Hour listeners that were praying. I, yes. Praying very hard for, for, for Charlie, 
Charlie Sheen. Yeah. yeah, that's a great, great story. Yeah. And it just kind of got me thinking, you know, just like, hey, prayer works, you know, and mm-hmm. I've, I've kind of had a couple examples of that recently, too. And so there's two films that have just been released. Um, so Fatima, it's basically yeah. a story about, you know, the, the famous apparitions mm-hmm. that, you know, the, the message was pray the rosary, you know, pray the rosary, pray the rosary. And so uh, I'm friends with uh, the writer, uh, Barbara Nicolosi. Yeah. And we know, I, I swear, I think this project was like in the works for 10 years, you know, and yes. every time she was like, you know, please pray for it, you know, because, yeah. you know, these projects rarely get made or get followed through to completion. So we prayed for it and hey, that happened. Yeah, and then also another document is a documentary film was also just released called yeah. Pray, yes. and it's about the life of Father Patrick Payton, uh, and he coined the phrase "a family that prays together stays together." Yeah, and what he's known for is back in the fifties, sixties, and seventies. First, he would have a radio to all the current celebrities of the day, but then they would also go out in public and have prayer rallies with millions of mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And again, there he was promoting he was promoting ultimately family prayer for whatever denomination or faith you were. But he was always saying, "Pray the Rosary" as well, too. So, so again, I just I think that's a beautiful message. And I also had friends working on it, mm-hmm. you know, and we were always praying for it. So, you know, prayer is just so important, and. You know, when it comes to Hollywood, um, I, I love to give a lot of credit to a woman by the name of Karen Cavell. She started something called the Hollywood Prayer Network back okay. in 2001. Uh-huh. And back then, there was really hardly anything going on kind of for Christians. And after she started this thing, you know, called the Prayer Network, they were just praying for studios and for artists and writers. You know, things gradually started to happen. And so it's still a very active community and email list. You can check them out at the HollywoodPrayerNetwork.org. Um, and and they, they, if, if you're local to the area, they even go on prayer, prayer walks and things like that, too. Um, and there really wasn't much going on for Christians when it got started. And since she started it, things have gradually kind of started to change. And so mm-hmm. I, I give her credit for, you know, many of the great things happening in Hollywood for Christians. That's so the great. message and- is pray and prayer pray. works. Okay, Hollywood Prayer Network. Um, that's yeah. great. Thank you. This is a great message, and I think it's a great message for our time. Um, as for something that some people might think is is trivial and not important, like Hollywood. And I hate to say that, you know, it's like we need to pray for people who are, you know, victims of hurricanes and and refugees, but we also need to pray well for everybody. And uh, yeah. Hollywood can can influence, you know, has a lot of influence. Absolutely, and I think sometimes we think celebrities are not real people. But they are, and, and yeah. they need our prayers desperately. Yeah, and you're right. Imagine if Charlie Sheen becomes an advocate for for the family, or for for marriage, or for life. You know, uh, he his because he of who he is, the platform that he has. Anyway, Absolutely. yeah, I think prayer works. God likes to be nagged, apparently. By yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, so, yeah. Keep praying for Charlie Sheen. Even greater things will happen. Yes. Okay. Well, good. That's something good happening in Hollywood. Thanks to prayer and thanks to the work of great people like uh, our Hollywood undercover missionary, Mark Matthews. Um, Thank you, you, Mark. Uh, It's good to see you. Um, There you go. What's good in Hollywood with Mark Matthews, our undercover Hollywood missionary. You can follow him at HU Missionary.
Hey guys, this is TJ Anderson. Hi, this is Ryan Tremblay. This is Timothy R. Smith. This is Teresa Peterson. This is Chris Mulia. And you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour. And this is the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. And you are listening to the Salt and Light Hour. And you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. If you missed any part of this program or to listen to any interview again, go to saltandlighttv.org and check out our podcasts. All the programs are archived there. Now it's time for Just for Dummies with Billy Chan. Billy. Yes, I have a question about the uh, nuns, about sister, yes. uh, again. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, last time we talked about uh, the three vows. That a sister yeah. needs to take, you mm-hmm. know, and and you know we talk it so fast, and we actually named the three vow, but we didn't talk about it, uh, what a day and and why. So can you just tell us why do they have the three vow? Okay, so just just to back up, so it's not yes. just religious sisters that 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 make that take the vows. Oh, okay? okay. So anyone who is in religious life or consecrated life, so that includes brothers. Friars, we're going to be talking oh, with Friar uh, yeah. <laughs> Isaiah later on in the show, so he yeah. would have taken the same vows. There are priests and monk? are, uh, monks as well, yeah, mm-hmm. and priests who belong to religious congregations. They're living the consecrated life. They will take the three vows: the vow of chastity, poverty, and obedience. Um, okay, those are those are called the evangelical councils. So those are the three vows. Okay, so chastity, obedience, and Uh, poverty poverty okay so i think uh we let's talk about it one by one okay chastity i think is is it because of uh, uh they they need to love god completely so so, so yeah actually the and i actually learned this from a carmelite sister um uh-huh. we had the chance to film to spend a whole day filming inside a carmelite convent they allowed us to go inside the cloister yeah. to film wow. and and she explained that so the three vows because it means that you're giving everything to god so the vow of poverty you're giving everything that you own all the material things that you that, i mean you don't own them you all everything that is material you give to god so that's that's poverty um chastity is your body you're giving your whole body to Christ. Um, and obedience is giving your whole will, your, your mind, your, wow. your, so your choosing. To, so completely. So the three vows are reflecting that basically that you're giving your all. Um, and the priests do, did the same, right? The priests um, so need to do that a, as well, a right? priests that belong to religious congregations will take the three vows. Okay. Diocesan priests... So these are the priests that are not belonging to a religious congregation. Okay. Um, you know what? Now I'm, I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to say it because I'm not entirely sure because there's a difference okay. between making a promise and making a vow. I know that the wow. priests have to promise obedience and that have to promise, obviously, chastity. We all do. Um, and you promise... Um, uh, but they don't, poverty, have to, they don't have a vow of poverty. Diocesan priests do not have a vow of poverty. Okay. Um, wow. Uh, so, okay. And, and, and sorry to go back, you're a married person, Billy. So yes. you also took vows because you vow. You're right. To be yeah, faithful I said to, I your, do. to your spouse. <laughs> yeah. But you're, that you're, that you're entering freely, that you're going to love your, your wife faithfully and that, 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 that it's going to be a fruitful relationship. Um, so, so, so everybody has to make promises or vows really. I see. I mean, 
So this is this not only calling for the religious people. It's only calling for. It's a calling for all the lay people, everyone, right? So, uh, because the the thing is this, you know, uh, when we talk about obedience, um, are we? I think all the parishioners should obey the church, right? I mean, right? I I do not. I do not. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, second, uh, poverty, yeah. and everyone should. Be like you know, living their life simple and and yeah. just share things, right? And I, chastity. Yeah, I, I think I and know this what is you're saying. For, yeah, no, yeah, I yeah. think I know what you're saying because you're right. I think that we are all invited to give everything <laughs> to God. Yeah, it's very right? tough. <laughs> the only difference is that you and I are do not have to promise that i mean we can and maybe a lot of people privately will say you know dear jesus i promise to give you everything i give you my heart i give you my mind okay. right but you're not making a vow um in the same way that you're making a vow to the church and to your wife that you're going that you promise to do certain things when people are baptized when you were ba- well you know people who are baptized as babies their parents make a promise that they will bring them up in the faith and that's a promise it's not a vow. It's very close. To, you know, it's a promise. When, when, you, when you got married, if you get married in the Catholic Church, you promise that you will bring your children up in the Catholic Church. That is a oh, promise that you make to the church. Okay. So, so there are promises that we make uh, depending on our state of life. Um, and, and in the case of people in consecrated life, they, these are vows. And, and it's the, the three vows of chastity, poverty. I think we need to the, the go deeply uh, more next time about yeah. vow and promise. This is, you know, it sounds like, okay, I'm, I'm sorry you say that, but it sounds like we can break the promise, but we cannot break the vow. Um, yeah, is- yeah, that, that's a very good, uh, a, a very good distinction. Um, and you're right, Billy, I have not actually ever really thought about the difference between a vow and a promise. Yes. Um, and I, again, maybe this is where we invite a religious <laughs> sister um, to come on the show to, to, tell, exactly. us, to tell us the difference. Um, yeah. But it's a very good question. And I think that for all of us who are not in consecrated life, um, it's, it's an invitation to consider what it means that what we're promising to God and, and what, what, what of ourselves we are willing to give to God. You know, are you willing to give your finances yeah. to God? Are you willing to give your employment to God? Are you willing to give your sexuality yeah. to God? Are you willing to give, you know, your fertility to God? Like all those things, are, are we willing to? And, and a lot of us are really scared of doing that. And the deacon, deacon, did they take any vow? The deacons will make a promise of obedience to the bishop. And we already have vows to our wives. So, oh, yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. You think that we have a vow to a promise to poverty, but we don't. Um, <laughs> uh, and, uh, and of course, we all are called to live chastity, you know, in, yeah. in our state of life. And our state of life as deacons, if we're married, is that we're married. Um, so, yeah, yes. that's good. Thank but you. We can, Thank you very much. Yeah. Okay. These are good questions, Billy. And again, an invitation for anyone, especially if you're in consecrated life, to, to write, write us and, and set us straight here on the difference between vows and promises. Um, Billy Chan, thank you for those questions. Billy is thank our you. webmaster here at Salt and Light TV. You can follow him at B. Joe Chan. Coming up in our second half hour, the Tilma Platform, a solution for parishes and dioceses, and a featured chat with Brother Isaiah. So stay tuned.
Welcome to the Salt and Light Hour, Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. If you've ever been in parish ministry or working for your diocese, you know how much we struggle to stay on mission. And by that, I mean the mission to make disciples. Most parishes have the pews full on Sundays, but of those weekly mass goers, maybe 10% are actually engaged with the parish or are on any meaningful faith journey. And as a deacon, I can tell you that half the time, we don't even know how to connect with them. And, and we're so busy providing programs, catechetical programs, RCIA, sacramental prep, that it leaves no time for the actual mission. And again, the mission to make disciples, um, missionary disciples, the way Pope Francis calls them. But now there is a tool that is specifically designed to help parishes and dioceses with this work. And it is called the Tilma Platform, and to tell us more, I'm now joined by Jason Jensen. He's the CEO of Glass Canvas. Jason, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, so what is the Tilma platform? So uh, Tilma is um, a very interesting thing in that it's a it's digital infrastructure that powers a series of interconnected websites and tools. Mm-hmm. So it helps you understand and manage people, content, and events across an entire diocese, so parishes and, and other websites. And it creates uh, a, a lot of efficiencies in communicating to parishes and parishioners across the diocese. It manages things like sacramental data and donation data uh, better than any other software that's available to the church right now. Right. But what makes Tilma unique and different is its ability to create personalized ministry journeys to those parishioners across the diocese. And our goal is to lead them to an opportunity for an encounter with Jesus. So, so it's obviously, it's not just a website or an app or it's, is it fair to say that it's this software helps integrate a lot of the things that maybe in a parish or a diocese are working separately. So even accounting, you mentioned databases, um, is that kind of the idea that it's kind of helping parishes integrate these things that are usually operating, you know, in silos? Yeah, um, absolutely. And probably the best way for me to explain sort of the power of how it would work is I'll, I'll tell a story. So yeah. Yeah. It, it does do accounting and stuff, but it more gives the, the, we're not replacing accounting software that's, you know, really sophisticated, but it, <laughs> it'll give them the information that they need to do it really well. But let me tell you a story about, um, one type of ministry journey that kind of integrates this whole part. So if you think of something like marriage prep, Mm -hmm. uh, the way that kind of happens is there's this paper form and then it's sort of, if it's done, uh, if it's administered at a diocesan level, it's like a back and forth, back and forth. Um, But our goal is for Tilma to run like this, you know, for for a a diocese to have Tilma work like this in cohesion with the parish so that it's, you fill out as a couple who's just, um, and let's, let's use the example of sort of a nominal couple, they're Catholic, they're coming, but the, mm-hmm. this idea yeah. of the mission hasn't really no, set no, no, in no. with them. Yeah. Uh, they're sacramentalized, but they're not evangelized. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so they register on their Toma, uh, platform and right then they give us all the data that we need to understand them when they're going to get married, kind of who they are, you know, sort of how often, whether, where they're engaging with their faith or not. And then what do we do with that data? So in the Tilma ecosystem, uh, we can send that to the pastor so he can sort of have a good gauge, but we can also then start dripping them content and nudging them towards, say, a vision for what 
you know, a Catholic marriage could look like mm-hmm. and the beauty of it explained in terms that they kind of understand that's not, you know, sort of churchy language or stuff like that. And they can have, you know, three or four or five emails as they go into marriage prep, um, which is obviously oftentimes run at the diocesan level and they have an experience of marriage prep. Right. But then imagine on their wedding day, if a bishop or somebody in charge of the marriage ministry at a diocese could send them a really thoughtful email. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're so excited that you've chosen a sacramental marriage and, you know, um, right. we can really yeah. give them positive, positive pieces. And uh-huh. then, then we shouldn't leave them. We can keep moving on with them. So six months into their marriage, we can say, Hey, the best time to, uh, to kind of tweak stuff and get your marriage on course for something that's going to make you holy and happy for the rest of your life is this newly married course that we might have mm-hmm, at the diocese mm-hmm. or this workshop or, you know, or this retreat or things that the diocese is often doing already. Um, but we're just not connecting them. And on the other side of what Tilma is, is we have this part of the, the Tilma ecosystem that we call proclaim, which is, gathering disciples and teaching them the skills to evangelize and um, make an impact in their world. Now imagine if a system could tell you, Hey, here's a married couple that's trained and evangelized. Here's a newlywed couple that is seeking to have deep and meaningful uh, felt needs about Mm -hmm. how to grow their marriage. And they kind of have caught a glimpse of it. They've been nudged into a bigger reality than they might've been aware of. And now we're able to connect the two, this disciple couple with this original couple. And so Tilma has the ability to create that ministry journey and then a whole bunch of others. So yeah, 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 go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I can think of that couple become, they become parents, they want to baptize. So then you, they're plugged into, you know, baptism uh, or sacramental prep or everything, everything else that follows. Um, uh, yeah, it ma- makes perfect sense to me because it's that integration that I think that that is missing or that requires so much effort if you have to mm-hmm. do it manually or, yeah. or sometimes it's impossible to do actually. Um, yeah. yeah. Of- oftentimes like these, these, you know, unconnected or disconnected technologies, it's like, where, where does the handoff happen so that this yeah. person is well taken care of? And uh, the, the beauty is, uh, you know, the potential, that we could have if we could see the whole journey of a person. And our philosophy is to think steps, not programs. Yeah. Programs are super important, but they could only be like one step on the way and figuring yeah. out like, oh, if we can get them there, then where do they go from there? And how do we yeah. keep journeying with no, somebody? And you're right. And you can't have programs to fit everybody's you know, life journeys. So you can only have so many programs. Um, uh, it makes perfect sense to me because... Um, like I said in the introduction, half the time we don't even know how to connect with people. Even the fact that people don't, we don't even have their email address. I mean, right now with COVID and, and, and we're down to 30% of, of people attending mass, we can't even, we don't even know how to communicate with them to let them know that there is mass and here's how you register and you can come and it's safe because we don't, we don't have that, that contact and people don't have the mindset that they, so I love the idea that you want to, you want to get married register online, give us your email. And then we start collecting that information and getting people into the mindset also that that's how they communicate with the parish or with the diocese also. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do, how, if I'm in a parish, if my pastor or someone wanted to be, you know, learn more or see how this could uh, work for our parish, what do people do? What do I do? 
Yeah, so they can go to tilmaplatform.com and check it out. And we actually have two different ways for somebody to enter in. So we have this, our main goal is to get a whole diocese sort of connected and interconnected. Right. But we've created great tools just for parishes as well in a parish website that can manage content. And early next year, we'll have a relationship management software just at the parish level available. And pastors, we're making it um, up until the end of the year is just pay what you can for, for parishes. So, okay. So there's a different kind of way for a, uh, a pastor at a parish to say, hey, I want, I want part of that. And if they join, they'll still ha- be connected to all the content that's available on the platform. That's so great. They're not yeah, sort of that's... disconnected and, and left no, alone. No, that's good to know because I know for a lot of pastors, cost is always an issue, especially this year. Um, so, and, and, and I'm glad that you mentioned that because it may, part, part of me was thinking, well, this kind of doesn't make sense unless the whole diocese subscribes to it. To, to the platform, but if you have the ability for some parishes, and I guess maybe to be connected with the other parishes in the diocese or the neighboring par- dioceses that are also connected uh, would, would be possible. Okay, so this is really useful information. Um, I hope that there's a lot of people in parish ministry, pastors, associate pastors, uh, bishops listening. Um, and I know that one of your biggest clients is the Archdiocese of Vancouver. So if people really want to find out, contact the Archdiocese of Vancouver and find out how, how, they, how it's working for them. Um, Jason, right. um, thank you so much for sharing this information with us and for, for doing the work that you do. I know that this is just one platform that you guys at Glass Canvas uh, have developed and worked on. But I know that you're, you know, the, the, the service that you provide the church um, that is always struggling to, to kind of catch up with the real world, <laughs> with the professional world. Um, so it's great to have professionals like you and your team um, helping, helping the church. That's you know, my do, pleasure. Do, do, do our mission, you know, fulfill our mission in, in, the, way that, in the best way that we can. Um, so thank you very much. Um, and uh, uh, keep up the good work. I hope to hear more from you guys. Thank you so much. Okay, God bless. Jason Jensen is the CEO of Glass Canvas, an agency that specializes in strategy, marketing, and digital experiences for parishes and ministries. You can learn about them and about the Tilma platform at tilmaplatform.com. Here now is our featured artist of the week, Brother Isaiah, with Shepherd My Thoughts from his album Shade. Shepherd my thoughts, O Lord. On the mountains of my heart On the mountains of my heart Where you dwell Shepherd my thoughts, O Lord On the mountains of my heart On the mountains of my heart Where you dwell You quiet my soul, O Lord With the touch of your hand with the touch of your wing, you quiet my soul. You quiet my soul, O Lord. With the touch of your wing, with the touch of your wing and gentle voice. Through every weather, you show yourself shepherd, you show yourself faithful and patient and true. It's through every weather, you show yourself shepherd, you show yourself patient and faithful and true. 
Please teach me and leave me love. Yes, teach me and leave me love. And help me to follow, follow after you. Yes, help me to follow, follow after you. I shall not want no 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 with you. I shall not want with you, O Lord. I shall not want with you, Good Shepherd. No no, I shall not want with you. Show yourself faithful and patient and true. It's through every weather. You show yourself, shepherd. You show yourself faithful and patient and true. That was Brother Isaiah with Shepherd My Thoughts from his last album, Shade. Brother Isaiah is a member of the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal. His first album, Broomstick, was on the top 10 on Amazon's singer-songwriter albums. 
His full-length album, Poco a Poco, came next, and now he has a third album released this spring titled Shade. I had the chance to speak with Brother Isaiah earlier this week. Brother Isaiah, um, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. It's so good to meet you. Deacon Pedro, thank you for having me. God bless you and grateful to be here. So, so we know you're a Franciscan friar. You're with the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal, but you, you, your life didn't start there. So I'm always, always uh, curious to ask our guests kind of where they came from. What was it like for you growing up? You grew up in California, right? I did, yes. Uh, San Francisco area, Bay Area. And yeah. Uh, yeah, grew up out there, spent most of my life out there and uh, was kind of quietly drawn to the Lord over the years. And I think something just about being near the sea was really, um, the, uh-huh. was really the root of my vocation. Something about the Lord's kind of capturing my heart there and, and drawing me to himself. But it was a road, it was a roundabout route. And uh, um, I ended up moving to Boston um, for college, and it was really during that time that uh, discerned my vocation as a Franciscan brother after really, uh, I guess, encountering the Lord's love for me in a new way after just feeling pretty burnt out and empty at one point and really um, feeling found by the Lord, and, and that began a journey of uh, discovering a Franciscan vocation in my community, which is based out of the New York area. So yeah. I joined the community in 2008. Did you grow up Catholic? Was it a Catholic household? I did, yeah. Yep. Yeah. But do you feel that you had, a like when you were in Boston, there was a bit of a conversion there? Had you sort of strayed away or? Yeah, it was an awakening. I'd say that, you know, yeah. it felt like felt like hearing the good news for the first time, even though I'd heard it many times. And yeah. uh, But every time is as if it's the first time. And um, the Lord really, uh, I guess, captured my heart again and showed me how he had been doing that repeatedly throughout my life, trying to just uh, call me to himself and, and communicate himself and his love to me. So it was really uh, as if for the first time, but it, it was, it was a story of him looking for me and searching for me all along. So great. Yeah. Yeah. No. And that's a story that I think a lot of people are familiar with. Um, was it, w- w- was music a part of your life growing up or is that also a, yeah. something that happened as an adult? Yes, music's been there all along. I, I yeah. am so grateful. I feel like it's been the language of heaven uh, throughout the story. Um, you know, I, I remember my first radio, I was probably, I, I must have been about seven years old. I got my first radio and it only had AM stations. So I could. <laughs> I only had music in Spanish for the first few years. And uh, uh, eventually first tape cassette player and then first CD player and Music was there all along. When I first got my license, driving and listening to music was my greatest joy. And it, it really was the p- place where I felt like um, God helped me give voice to my heart all along. Mm-hmm. You know, the different stages of life and the different cries of the heart, they were kind of expressed through the music I listened to. And, right. and as I got older, I think in the teenage years especially, I noticed it was a way to begin to process the deeper questions, the existential questions, and then also to begin to... Um, give voice to prayer, even before I knew I was praying, you know, just trying mm-hmm. to, what's, what's going on in the heart and how do you communicate that? And eventually there, those, those cries were kind of being addressed to the Lord. So music was there all along though. I, I love music. I've always loved it. Uh, all types of music and it, it moves my soul. So yeah. grateful. Yeah. And you're right to say that it, it is the language of heaven. Um, I remember uh, speaking many years ago with Father Stan, Father Stan Fortuna, that I'm sure you, you know. Um, and he felt that when he was being called to the Franciscans, that he had to sort of make almost make a choice that he felt that he might have to sacrifice his music. Did you feel that same that that was that was part of your call? Well, I will say I was surprised. I didn't know it was going to be part of my call. It was my my deepest dream in high school. 
Um, but I never could have thought that it could have been part of my dream. Actually, uh, I, I, I didn't think it could be part of my call and it ended up being that way. Yeah. So the Lord surprised me, I guess, in a little bit of an opposite way, but similarly surprised by God's goodness because it wasn't my plan. And I, I don't think I could have dreamed it, uh, that the Lord would allow it to be such a part of my vocation now. So he surprised me in that way. I, I didn't think it was possible and he, he proved me wrong. So it's just been a beautiful gift. Yeah. I, 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 is it safe to say that the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal are famous because of that underground in New York where you, you've been part of that for, for a long time? Uh, it's or, been a huge gift of an, yeah, an apostle. It's one of our outreaches and, and, and God's goodness and humility. It's been, we've had a very fruitful experience with it. And our, the house I live in currently in New York, we run that apostolate yeah. um, in, the, in the Manhattan area. So um, it's, it's been a huge joy and music is a huge part of it. So can you, yes. can you, can you tell our listeners who maybe are not familiar with what it is a little bit about mm -hmm. it? Yeah. Catholic underground is a monthly event that we run in a beautiful church, um, our lady good council in Manhattan. And it's an evening of prayer and, and, and community and music is a part of all of that. So mm -hmm. we begin with a holy hour with some lead meditation and music and, and some time for quiet with the Lord. And then afterwards in the basement uh, of this church, um, it's a really beautiful setup there. We'll have a feature different Catholic artists through the year and um, just focusing and spotlighting Catholic artists and, and of all sorts and genres and mm -hmm. people with, from different paths. And it's been a great way to um, build an awareness of Catholic art and um, just the way the faith is expressed in so many different ways uh, by so many different artists. And then also time for fellowship and communion. So uh, it's a monthly event and we run it and uh, thanks be to God for the people who help us do it. So Yeah, praise God. I know I've heard so much about it for so many years and I've never been able to to be in New York around, you know, at the same time. So hopefully one day I'll, I'll, I'll be able to, to, to join in. Um, tell us a bit about the songwriting. So you obviously you were already doing some songwriting as you were growing up with the music, but kind of now, do you feel that that's part of kind of your apostolate as well? It's not just sharing music, but also writing music? Yes, yeah, I, I started, you know, um, writing music when I got to the community, really just for personal, uh, personal hobby. And then I, just with our different ways, we were able to share the gospel and in evangelization events, I've been able to share the music and uh, it's become much more a part of my apostolate now, and our community's apostolate has been there, you know, obviously with Father Stan and brothers before me. Um, but mm -hmm. yes, it's one of the ways we've been able to share the gospel, and that's at the end of the day what, it's, what it amounts to. And in the last few years, I've had the gift to be able to make, um, to produce a few albums with the help of a lot of generous hands. And so it's actually become a more regular part of my life, again, quite unexpectedly, but um it's part of our community's outreach to one of our commitments is, is just sharing the gospel um, in yeah. all different creative forms. So this is one of those ways we've been able to do it. I've been grateful for the community's encouragement and, and support with it. Yeah. Is there something, is there something about the Franciscan charism that you think kind of makes perfect sense with the music? Yes, um, there is what I know one Franciscan uh, poor Claire sister has called the Franciscan poetic license. And, you know, so from, from the beginning, yeah. Francis and Claire both were very bold in the way they allowed um, poetry to speak to their, of their story with 
of what the Lord had called them to. Um, they allowed themselves to be caught up in a very much a, a, a story, a narrative that God was mm -hmm. telling over their lives. And they were poets themselves and musicians in many ways. And there's yeah. countless stories of Francis singing and, and all over the yeah. countryside of, of Europe. Troubadour, yeah. Yeah, so it's been there from the beginning. And I think it has something to do with this sort of the poetic freedom of the Franciscan charism to express the love of God in... Um, in unusual ways. So this has definitely mm -hmm. been a part of the tradition and I'm, it's amazing just a gift to be able to jump into that stream that has uh, been flowing for, for quite some time. Yeah. And I, and it makes sense in, in that, in the creative sense to, to, to be free, to let the spirit take you creatively where, where you need to go and, and it'll express itself in, in whichever way it needs to express itself. Brother Isaiah, it has been so great chatting with you today, meeting you, uh, hearing your music and uh and learning a little bit about what you do hopefully we can uh get you back on the show i know you you have a new album shade that just came out in the spring be sure to let us know when they're the next one's coming down down the pipes and uh we'll uh we'll bring you back on and, and maybe talk a little bit more about what you do and your music definitely thank thank you very much deacon pedro god bless you and god bless all we're listening thank you yes you too take care that was a conversation i had with brother isaiah earlier this week Brother Isaiah is with the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal. You can learn about his ministry and music and their work at franciscanfriars.com and also at renewalinmotion.com. Here now is Brother Isaiah with Love Song for the Bride from his album Poco a Poco. You don't seem to see it on the inside I see you running after so many lovers, yeah Just to find yourself alone in a cupboard, yeah Beat down, strung out, so unsatisfied With all the masks you wear and all the tricks you've tried I see you running, see you stumbling, see you falling down I see you longing, see you dying just to be found Holy Mount Zion Bride of the Most High God Gorgeous bride of the Most High Your King is here and he's living on the inside Knock, knock, knocking on your broken heart's door So tenderly, they call him lover of the poor So turn your gaze to the mystery The one alone who heals your history 
Behold, he makes all things new. Just looking at you. We're listening to Brother Isaiah with Love Song for the Bride from his album Poco a Poco, and that will take us to the end of the program this week. Remember that if you missed any part of the program, you can always stream or podcast all our Salt and Light Hour programs at saltandlighttv.org slash podcast. That's also where we have links to our artists or guests so you can go check them out and support what they do. You can also get the Salt and Light Hour as a podcast wherever you get your podcasts, so there's no excuses for not listening to the show. I pray that you are well and keeping safe. Please continue to keep our governments in prayer, pray for each other, and take care of each other. Thank you for being with us today. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been the Salt and Light Hour.